Welcome to Living Off the Land, the All Things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, Ryan, and Dan. Follow us on social media at the LOTL podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in to another edition, week three edition, of the Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show. I am Dan, here with Steve, here with Ryan, and here with Jimmy, making his... Oh, no, you were here last week, weren't you? Oh, yeah, my bad. Yes, I was. Hello, Jimmy. Hello, Dan. We are here literally minutes after the Browns' 34-20 victory over the Washington football team, the football team. And, guys, the, the Browns have a winning record for the first time since 2014. It happened. Not we did it. at once. I know, right? I don't know. Woo! It's I, I keep going back and forth. I tweeted this not all that long ago. Part of me gets sort of tired about – it feels like the national sports media keeps doing this thing where it's the first Browns fill-in-the-blank thing oh, yeah. since fill-in-the-blank year or it's the first winning record since yeah. X year or it's the first time we didn't – screw the pooch on Sunday in yep. the past decade or whatever. I don't know. Part of me gets tired of that, but I would be lying if I said it didn't feel good to be 2-1 and one for the first time in it as far as I can remember. great. Winning and, record. And even though they won today, I'm still going to play it because I'm in a great mood. Good morning, <laughs> good afternoon, and good night, Pittsburgh. Good night, Pittsburgh. You freaks go to bed. I mean, this was looking like it could have been a really good day because Houston was leading for a good portion of that game. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jordan. Mm. <laughs> oh. Definitely his fault. Guess what? He missed it. Hey, guess who? <laughs> I do love that one. You know who didn't miss it? Cody Parkey. Shout out. Perfection. We have uh, uh, dubbed ourselves via Jordan the Hoff in Columbus as Parkey's Pouse. Pousey. Wow. <laughs> And you said you were going to be slurring a little bit. Parky's posse. Yeah, yeah, where's the – hold on. Where's the uh, – oh, I can't find it. Oh, no. Oh. Well, for, I'll tell you what. For those of you following along on Twitter, uh, there it is. The Twitter guy's been drinking today. Oh, yeah. And, uh, if you don't follow our uh, our uh, Twitter account during Browns games, what are you doing? Yeah, first Come of on. all, you're wrong. Second of all, uh, the Parky Posse has been in full effect. And, in fact, I actually like what Jordan uh, tweeted earlier. He tweeted the hashtag Perfect Parky Posse, which was – that's that's my favorite. That's my favorite, Cody Parky. I'll give this, so, give this one here for uh, Jordan the Hoff down in Columbus. Shout out. <laughs> Jimmy's like these freaking guys. <laughs> 
Jimmy has fought so long and so hard to get our podcast sounding like a professional audio operation, and we're just like firing off sound yeah. effects at different audio <laughs> levels and screaming into the microphones. And I don't even know if they can hear it. Slurring yeah. words. Yeah. Find out. Yeah. We're about to find out in about every time. Every time I play a sound effect, this is Jimmy. This is the worst. <laughs> so yeah, Browns. Uh, Browns won. Rounds one. It happened. We played the uh, football team a, and we won. What a weird, weird game. If you went by Twitter, oh God. which is a dangerous thing to do <laughs> in, in area, any area of life. You go by Twitter on anything. But if you went by Twitter, we were losing 40 to nothing. Yep. Everybody was panicking in, in, in all phases of the game. Special teams was a disaster, apparently. And the running game was a disaster, apparently. And the defensive line was a disaster. Yeah. So here's the thing. Here's I, I had this realization about midway through the third quarter. Twitter is dumb. We overreact. We're, we're, oh, yeah. Twitter is like it's dangerous because you have instant access to everybody's every thought. And most of those thoughts are not yep. very well edited or revised or good. Right. And so it's all panic all the time. And so, um, you know, ultimately. Right. I, okay. Could Miles Garrett possibly have done more? Could the defensive line have possibly done more? I'll sure. tell you what, he looked like he damn near looked like Superman on that strip sack and right. fumble recovery. He had He's like, nope, that's mine. Not to mention the fact that he had a sack via t shirt with his fingertips. <laughs> I mean, right. listen, Dwayne Haskins is a big man. Right. And he, he tackled him with his fingertips via t shirt. That's not easy to do. Also, and I tweeted this and I wanna I wanna underscore it. Whoever made that shirt should like that's like the best endorsement for the quality of that shirt possibly ever, right? Dead air for the photo Dead op. <laughs> Jimmy's like keep talking. So yeah, at any Jimmy rate, hates us, right? I don't know. I just did the defensive line necessarily do as much as we wanted consistently throughout the game? Probably not. Right. Did they have their moments? Of course they did. Right. Same thing with the running game. Did it look bad early? Yeah, because guess what? Washington has an exceptional defensive line. And we're going to talk about the Chase Young injury here in a second. But we eventually figured it out. And whether it was simply that the Browns figured out just the execution and the offensive line got it together, sure. or if it's Stefanski and company figured out the play calling a little bit better. I don't know exactly what it was. But in some capacity, we figured it out. And the run game blew up. Because, again, according to Twitter, we had – nothing going on the ground well funny you say that it's according to you too because i was when we scored that last touchdown i said chubb's over 100 yards You're like wait what that's not possible i would have i would have bet every dollar i had that nick chubb probably had 50 yards and maybe. i will and i will say i i have to say probably you uh thinking that is because you were in the bathroom and chubb broke off one of his long runs yeah that probably didn't help so you didn't see it i was at that point about six mick ultras deep and yeah. i was on my third bathroom shout break. out mick ultra <laughs> So, admittedly, I missed a big run, but still, I would have it, – it felt – it just felt like we couldn't do anything on in the run game. And yeah. at one point, that's when you mentioned, you're like, yeah, he's over 100 yards. I'm like, no, we're not. Right. He, there's absolutely no way. And he yet he was. Nick yeah. Chubb uh, – and I think we take it for granted. I think we're a bit spoiled with the run game at the moment because what felt like a bad day at the office for Nick Chubb was still sure. two touchdowns and over 100 yards. <laughs> and averaging is, six yards a carry. Which is crazy. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Well, I'll say for for uh, for three quarters. I mean, it's that's pretty spot on. He got loose in the fourth quarter, um, and it it was it was interesting. And and you made the you made the point, Steve. And I'll bring you into the conversation. Is uh, 
it was like it was like you know a lot of football games are a tale of two halves. This game was like alternating quarters. Washington dominate pretty much dominated the first. We dominated the second. Washington dominated the third, and then we were able to bring it home in the fourth. Yeah, it was a case of the offenses generally. They either finished drives. Or in Washington's case, they turned it over a bit. Yeah. Or they just were going three and out. And I think I made the comment, it was very late in the third quarter. Browns had a third and long, and they completed a long pass to Beckham. I, I said that was play of the game. I mean, now you could, sure. you could argue maybe the offensive pass interference on Washington the next drive as being just as significant. But, sure. yeah, it was just a, a sort of a roller coaster game. And I'm not surprised that the Twitterverse, which I'm not a part of, uh, was just uh, Which we need to change, crazy. by the way. Can we get – so here's the thing. This is going back lots of years. Steve actually has a Twitter account, and he's tweeted like seven times. But we need to get his ass back on Twitter, especially now that he's he's on this show every week. Uh, case in point, when I was posting the records and the our, our picks this week, I tagged you for yours. I tagged me for mine. I had to just write Steve for his. <laughs> Twitterless Steve. Yeah. Tw- I, I, I could do that, Twitterless Steve. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know why you're not on Twitter. Come on, uh, man. You know what? I, Come I on. Guess I'm just gonna have to get professional. I'm just gonna have to get back on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get back on the horse. But um, but, the, uh, but in all honesty, the biggest thing about today, how many times did we go back to the, our podcast last year? How many times did we say the Browns either didn't run the ball enough or they didn't commit to the run when they were struggling with it early? Absolutely. So many times today they stuck with it, even yep. though you know Chubb wasn't getting a lot of run running room early. They, you know, it seemed like the Washington D line was they were just not able to get to the second level for most of the first half. They didn't matter. They just kept at it, and by the fourth quarter, it was it was looking like honestly close to what it was like ten days ago when they were playing Cincinnati. They, sure. they were getting second level. They were well, bouncing off guys. Admittedly, um, our offensive line did not have a good day today. Right. Uh, run block. I mean, we we did really well in the fourth quarter, but run blocking, pass block. I, I you know Baker didn't take a lot of sacks today, but there were a lot of times where he just was not comfortable back there. He still look. He still looked stressed. He yeah. still looked that that panic. And we've talked about this in but, the past. Panic Baker with the happy yeah. feet is is stressful for everybody. Kudos to him though. He did not make that one throw. Like like he had he. Week one was a disaster for everybody. Week two. He made a lot of progress, but he still had that bad throw in the fourth quarter that got picked off. He didn't make that bad throw, and a lot of that is we didn't throw the ball a lot, and he didn't have to. Granted, it could have happened, and I, and I know what you're saying. The spirit right. of what you yeah. are saying is true. OBJ turned into a defender for a split true. second and That's prevented true. an interception. I mean, Baker could have had a pick today. Key play. Very true. That, I tell you what, Steve mentioned this earlier when we were watching the game. On the stat sheet, Odell probably didn't have a like a great game. He didn't have a typical New York Giants Odell game. Right. But several of his plays showed up in a big way. The third down conversion, he oh, multiple huge. of them actually, but the one in particular, and then that 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 pass breakup essentially to prevent the interception was massive. I mean, I'm this He's is another, another key catch, another key third down. Um, oh yeah, I think it was twenty four twenty at the time. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And I tell you what, I'm so oh, talk about things I'm tired of. The national sports media doing this whole is is it time to trade Odell? Is it oh, is God. he happy in Cleveland? Well, what was blah, the blah, Jay Glazer blah. thing today? They need to stop being trolls. Well, that's about that's I, there's your problem. They don't quit they listening don't want, to Jay Glazer. Yeah, they don't want him in Cleveland. That's the problem. Yeah, he's oh, like not I, a story. Yes. He's not as marketable when he's in yeah. Cleveland. What, national, of a big what national media member wants a, a superstar level player in a small market? None. Yeah, it's they don't. It drives me bananas because at the end of the day, Odell has been on record as saying like I'm happy here. He's playing with his best friend. He's with Jarvis. Like he's literally yeah. playing with his best friend. 
like they played in high school together, played in college together. Their their dream is to play in the pros together. And guess what? They're doing it. Yeah. And, and here's the thing: chaos sells in sports, right. especially in sports. Right. 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 Like if there's not a story, the media is going to try and quote do their job and try and create one, manufacture one. So like that was meant that was meant to be a positive story. Hey, OBJ wants to be in Cleveland. He likes it there. Blah blah blah. But the way that they say it is almost in a condescending way, mm-hmm. and why does that even need to get brought up in the first place? It goes back to the same thing where it's it, all of that nonsense sells. It goes back to what I was just complaining about like a couple minutes ago about how sure. it's the first Browns thing since blank year. And sure. it's just like it, it's just tired, guys. It's just it gets old. Yeah. I, we get it. The Browns have a bad history. We yeah. understand. We haven't been particularly relevant lately. We get it. But at the end of the day, we, <laughs> We forget the fact that we're playing with a first-year head coach after no, like, realistically no offseason. Everything's crazy in the COVID year of 2020. And so take the wins where you can get them. Sure. Take the, take the wins, like the, the figurative wins, where you can find them and move it along to next week. And so I don't know. The, the Odell had a great game that might not show up on paper, and I'm stoked about it. Right. Um. A couple, you know, a couple injuries that were problematic, but like the the usual suspects showed up. You know, Kareem yeah. Hunt. Uh, I was t- I was griping about this earlier. I was like, why are we insisting on running outside? I was I literally it was like on cue. I was in the middle of complaining about like why are we doing this like either pitch or rips or this yarder. outside run game nonsense, and then boom, Kareem Hunt runs for like <laughs> fifteen go. to twenty yards. Well, I'm an idiot. Well, I'm an idiot. <laughs> So like okay cool that happened. Um, um, so yeah. you know I'm you know I don't go X's and O's all the time. I sometimes bring up topics that may not seem relevant. You know I'm sure. weather guy and all that. <laughs> the, the 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 Browns had a six minute drive late third early fourth quarter where they went down scored a touchdown. Redskins went and went three and out right after that. Yeah. You know, the big difference we're talking about, why the Browns had a lot of success against Washington's defensive front in the fourth quarter, I think could be traced to the fact that they just had a six-minute drive. They had to come right back on the field. And, oh, by the way, it's 83 degrees today. It's not a cool, I mean, know, it was typical warm. fall day I, here. We walked they into were the, sucking wind we that whole fourth st- quarter as a result of that. Yeah, we walked into the studio here. I had to shut, the, I had to shut all the windows in the house and shut these windows and turn the AC a, on. That was a definite factor in yeah. how the, the Browns made the fourth quarter work for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I tell you what, I tweeted about this as well. It was interesting. Coming out of the halftime, it was very clear that Ron Rivera out, like, he out-schemed or out, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, he, he reacted well. He responded well. He, yeah. he out-coached Stefanski coming sure. out of halftime. But – do you think it was more a factor of as the third quarter progressed into the fourth quarter, did the Browns just simply execute better, or did Stefanski figure it out? What was what was the bigger thing for you? Because to me, Haskins had a bad day. He had multiple oh, picks. Yeah. He he Three had interceptions. Yeah. He had a bad day at the office. Which, by the way, my brother, I my brother doesn't care about fantasy football, <laughs> and he asks for my opinion every week, and I try to help him out, and I try to give him the Browns uh, defense. In fantasy football. Now, granted, I know they scored a couple points, but they had four turnovers today. Sure. So, like, that's got to count for something. So, right. Logan, screw you. Hope you lose. <laughs> shout uh, out. Shout out, Logan, who's definitely not listening to this. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, Rivera is cl- – he's such a seasoned head coach. Yeah. I mean, he's – he's. I have 
the utmost respect for Ron Rivera, first and foremost as a football coach, but also yeah. given what he's doing this year, fighting well, cancer yeah. in the middle of it all. Still I mean, coaching. He's still a badass, like yeah. through and through. Not to mention, he's a highly respected football mind. So coming out of the half, I'm not surprised that Washington looked better than we did. It just makes sense. Do you think it was more a function of Haskins is a, is is just – not where he should be or not as polished as Ron Rivera is used to with Cam Newton? Or is it the Stefanski and, and, and company yeah. figured it out and started scheming better and figured it out? I think, I think more or less the players figured it out. Because like you said, the, the Indians, I almost said Indians. The Browns uh, <laughs> don't do what? Oh, <laughs> sorry. I'm just kidding. He hates Put us. Producer interruptions. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so now I don't remember what I was saying. Thanks. Uh, players figured it out. Yeah. No. So uh, I thought the players figured it out more than anything else. And you said it. Um, and this is a credit to Stefanski. You know, last year, like we talked about, uh, they never would have stuck with the run ever, but they did today. Like. Washington took the lead on us. Last year, Freddie Kitchens would have lost his mind and would have dropped back and thrown the ball four verts like well, it would have, all the way yeah, down the field. Like a 13-year-old playing uh, Madden and yeah. just four verts, force it to Odell every single time yeah. and would have been full-on panic city. Yeah. The, best thing, the best thing I think about Stefanski is he's cool, calm, and collected. Uh, he's a he, silver fox, too. Oh, hey, now. <laughs> he... Uh, <laughs> He has a game plan, and he's going to stick with it because he believes in himself and what they came. Like I'll, I'll, I'll say this: the you know Kevin Stefanski may, might have been an unknown hiring him, but there's you can't not help but be impressed with the coaching staff that that they assembled around him. And you mentioned this mid game. I think another testament to what Stefanski is and, and what he brings to the table in terms of X's and O's. Look at what Minnesota's offense has been doing since he's been gone. It's yeah. been it's it is rough going right, right now for the Vikings. Yeah, for sure. I just think at the end of the day, the third quarter we we clearly and thoroughly got our asses kicked. I mean, we went. Yeah, that was the I first was, two series were three and out. We ended up in like third and eighteen and third and nineteen in back to back series. Yeah, we got one first down in the entire third quarter, right. which is not great, but. We ended up figuring it out because going into the fourth quarter, we turned it around and scored a couple points, and we were able to seal that victory, which was great. And I think you said it. We we stuck with that commitment to the run game, and it wasn't full-on panic mode. It yeah. was. It felt more composed. Yeah. Um, this is uh, – tell me if you agree, Steve. This was a game where if, it, if the third quarter had played out the way it was and Washington had taken the lead late in the third quarter – I don't think next year there's or last year there's any way we would have won that game. I mean, there's always a chance that they could just get lucky and hit a big play to Odell or something, but great chances are no, they they would have lost the game. Yeah, so I think in answering your question you had for me a couple minutes ago, I think that more than anything else is where the Browns are so much better than they were last year with uh, Stefanski being confident in the game plan that that him and the coaching staff have put together and been like. That's okay. We lost all momentum. Washington took the, Washington took the lead. We're just going to keep, you know, I don't this is kind of a weird saying, but it's the say, saying that the Carolina Panthers use. We're just going to keep pounding away. Just keep pounding. But with uh, what? Yeah. Pound it with what? 
Chub. Nicholas Eggplant. <laughs> Nicholas Eggplant. Yeah. Thank you very We're much. Gonna keep pounding it with Chubb. <laughs> Yikes. I am I'm gonna I'm on a crusade. I am <laughs> I'm gonna keep tweeting so many eggplant emojis until it's trending. I wish I had a Nick Chubb sounder, but the guy never talks. No, he never says anything. In fact, actually I saw a thing Kareem Hunt was uh, mic'd up. Nick, uh, or excuse me, no, Kareem Hunt was uh, mic'd up last week, and I, I saw Ho- that. Hooper, I don't know if anybody else saw this. Hooper, but Hooper was asking me, he's like, man, is he like ever smile? Is he ever happy? And right. Kareem was just like, I mean, it's just Nick. He just works. He just shuts up and works. And yeah, I bet you that Nick. Nick is probably one of those guys who's actually hilarious. Oh yeah, you just never, never he, see he, it. He's just sneaky funny. He yep. just never says anything, but when he does, it's just it's just gold. Yep. And so I I tell you what. Mad respect to him. He had, like I said, he had over 100 yards on what felt like a bad day at the office, which is hilarious. And Kareem Hunt had a great day. Kareem did not, in terms of the run game, did not look great on paper. He had probably one of the best catches of the year. That was he. That cha- was insane. He, he channeled OBJ with that absurd and talk talk about important plays at important points yeah. in the game. That was huge. Yeah. That I one-handed mean, falling backwards catch. If he didn't st- – I mean, he stepped out of bounds just barely. If he, Oh, it, it would have been a touchdown. It would have been oh, – There was nobody over there. Without without a doubt. You yeah, saw was, some pretty incredible catches in the fourth quarter, and that was the best one. Oh, absolutely. Hunt is running up the field, and the pass is behind his back shoulder, so he had to come back almost like the yeah. receiver no, coming for a back shoulder throw. And spinning around and with one hand caught the ball. That was amazing. And no fault to Baker either. I mean, he 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 got crushed on that play. Oh yeah, pressure was right in his face there. Yeah. So he was just kind of he saw that Kareem was out there by himself, and he's just like, oh, I'm gonna try and get it out there. All right. And he was able to do it. But and what a, a catch, man! Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'll tell you what. So speaking about pressure, the Washington defensive line, the football the, team, the football team, dude, they are in They're, amazing. Right. And I tell you what, I. Listen, I'm glad we won. Right. I will always root for the Browns. That is an obvious no-brainer. We cannot pretend like Chase Young's injury was not a massive factor oh, sure. in this game because the tides clearly turned the second he came out, and he came out of the game early. Mm-hmm. If Chase Young is healthy this whole game, we no one can say that we don't win necessarily Yeah, because it's possible that we scheme around it. But you can't pretend like it would have been. I mean, we won substantially on the scoreboard. Yeah. It would have been a very close game. It would have been an absolute nail biter. Chase yeah. Young is a freak. He is so talented, and I don't. I don't know if we win this game if he stays in the whole time. I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, it's a legitimate question. the The, the thing I'll say is, I don't. I, not, not 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 to belittle your point, but. I don't care because it happened. The, <laughs> I mean, it's it happened and the Browns won. It's sometimes you're, you're not wrong. Sometimes you just have to get a little lucky, yeah. and you know injuries are part of the game. You know the, how many times have we seen one of our key guys go out of the game and, and have it really hurt the Browns? You're not it's wrong. It's happened. So you know, rub of the green. You know, sometimes it's on your side, sometimes it's not. Yeah. What did you just say? Rub of the green. Rub of the green. That's a golf term. Basically, means that when the ball hits the green, sometimes it's going to bounce toward the. Oh, it kind of sounds like something else to me. But anyway, ridiculous <laughs> bounce. But, I, but I digress. Like or something. Old rub of the eggplant. This is awesome. I was so, I was playing that I was playing that talking to me, not you, by the way, because I, I don't care. That was funny. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, thirty-four to twenty, Browns win. Uh, how did you guys think Baker played today? I was just because the stats, the stats, 
you know, 156 yards. Not great, Bob. No, it's not. But <laughs> two touchdowns, didn't turn the ball over. Uh, he did have another uh, intentional grounding this week. That's two weeks in a row for that. But So here's my thought. Stats are always misleading. You, we, sure. can, we can twist them to, to fit whatever narrative we want to. Sure. So on paper, he threw two touchdowns and no picks. What, 150-ish, almost 200 yards? 15, uh, what was it? 15 to 22, 16 to 23, I think. Think about how many quarterbacks only throw 20 times a game, 25 right. times a game. Not many. Right. To me, that's, on this day and age. that still sounds like we've got the training wheels on this offense. And again, I understand Absolutely. First-time head coach, new system. Baker's only had, you know, a million coaches in his couple years in the league. Again, all of these things. We the under- most underrated thing when people talk about Baker Mayfield. I understand all of that. Because the haters don't want to acknowledge it, and the people who back Baker don't scream it from the mountaintops like they should. Right. Like, people don't understand how hard it is to learn an NFL offense. When you're – a third-year NFL quarterback, and you have to learn four in your first three years. You know how hard that is. People talk a lot about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, and the fact that they're the quarterbacks of the future. And frankly, I agree, they're great. Yes, but you have to look at the systems they're in. Yes. Patrick sat for an entire year behind Alex Smith, right, in Kansas City, and Lamar Jackson <coughs> has a quality, a high-quality head coach and system in place in Baltimore with John Harbaugh, yeah, and formerly Ozzie Newsom's offense. And you're not, you're not sitting here. Pointing that out to say that you think that if Baker was on the Chiefs or the Ravens, that he'd be on their level. Correct. You're not saying that. What you're saying is the playing field needs to be even. Correct. A little more even. When you talk about like people say, "Oh, Baker's the number one pick, and he should be number. He should play like a number one pick." And you got Patrick Mahomes, who was number ten, and Lamar Jackson, who was passed up by every single team. Like. Yes, but there are outside circumstances that come into play. There are far too many variables, and I think that it's it's extremely overlooked to the fact. And I, again, listen, I am a Cleveland diehard. We are a graveyard for quarterbacks. Yeah, it just is what it is. Yeah. We are a place where quarterbacks go to die. Yep. And so the fact that Baker's even had remote success is a, is a win. And I think that if we give, give him, him the a little like a sincere, legitimate shot with a system that takes place over the course of multiple seasons instead of just half a season here and a year there, like he could really turn into something. Now, again, I'm not, like you said, I'm not saying he's going to get to Patrick Mahomes level. He's not necessarily going to be Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have the skill set of those guys. And he doesn't need to be. That's the beauty of what we're building with Stefanski and and the offense and who we have around him. We started four wide – we had four active wide wide receivers today. One of them was 150 pounds. Right, Joe Jonas and Mighty Mouse. And I hope he gets better because he came out of the game midway through injured. Um, But, I mean, Rashard Higgins, that's an interesting storyline. Another healthy scratch for him. I don't understand why he can't dress. This is the second system in a row. I don't know if, what the deal is. Yeah, I'm one of the biggest Higgins fans out there. I definitely stand Rashard Higgins. Yeah, but for whatever reason, but at some point, at some point, the, he can't he's dress. Look in the mirror. I don't know what the deal is. Though, it's not. Yeah, because he and Baker seem to have a great relationship. It's got to be. A, it's got to be a weekly practice and preparation thing. It has to be. Yeah, as he's getting outplayed in practice, and that's how these NFL coaches will. We'll decide on who's up, who's down, who dresses, who starts, who you know gets a majority of the game plan, catches all that. Is how you play during practice. You have to be able to prepare, and you know maybe that's the issue at Rashard Higgins. I mean, who knows? But like you said, this is this is now the second straight uh, regime and coaching staff that 
essentially views him the same way. I mean, he has two catches all year. I just go back to the fact that during that first year, that Baker's year when he came in oh, after Tyrod, agreed. Excuse me, he was Baker's best buddy. Yeah. He was his. He was essentially his like, whether you call it a tight end or running back, or he was a safety blanket. He yep. he, he was. They had such a great relationship, and I yep. don't understand why they can't figure it out. I mean, JoJo Natson was in on more. He he was a legitimate wide receiver today. He was in motion yeah. on multiple plays. He was out there until he got hurt. Yeah. He was not just kick returning and punt returning. He was playing on offense. Yeah. Uh, getting, I don't get it. Getting back to uh, the whole Baker thing, here's here's my take on it. Um, so, admittedly, uh, I'm probably the biggest Baker fan at the table here. Um, I stand Baker Mayfield. But he was out of control last year um, is probably a good way to put it. I think that's uh, fair. I, I, and I think some of that is the organization's fault. By basically giving him carte blanche, I mean he was able to say what he wanted, do what he wanted, um, you know, talk about who he wanted to, and you know, never, never had any blowback from anybody about it, except for the media. Um, but like within the organization, and his play suffered. Um, there are a lot of factors that go into that. But I think what Coach Stefanski is trying to do is essentially rein him in and bring him back to square one, and then build him up from that. So I think that's why right now these first couple weeks you're seeing Baker with these lower numbers. They're trying essentially, they're treating him like he's a rookie again. Correct. Because he's been he's been pulled in so many different directions his first uh, couple years that um, they feel like they have to bring him back to square one. And I think that's what you're seeing these first three games is what they want to do is they want to get him high percentage opportunities. You all right over there? I am burping my brains out over here. This, this, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I just keep I, I keep seeing him lean away and and like just trying to burp in the mic, man. <laughs> yeah. So my thought is, and, and Dan, you mentioned this before. He's had you know all these coordinators, these different offenses that he's had to do, and yeah. You know, when you think about it, he's a professional. Is this really sure. all this learning he's had to do over the last three years? Is it really any different than somebody like trying to? You know, be in school to earn a law degree or a medical degree or you know something. It's basically the football equivalent of that. What they've had to put him through. Sure. And you know, that's difficult. And that takes seven years in most. I, I mean, not that I'm comparing professional right, football right, necessarily right. to you know some of the yeah. really important people in society, but like it's yeah. it's the same concept. Yeah, absolutely. I think people. You mentioned you were floating around this earlier. I think people really underestimate how hard it is to learn an NFL <laughs> offense. First of all. And then to go execute. I, learning the game is one thing. Executing in an NFL-level pace is entirely <laughs> another. The, everyone talks about you know the jump between the pace of play from high school to college and then the college to the NFL and how it's just light years yep. different. People don't understand how difficult that is. And yeah. when you have multiple regimes come and go, you've got all these different systems. It's different terminology. It's different cadences. Yeah. Drop back. It's... How often are we utilizing the play action? And we were screaming about play action earlier in this game. It's there's so many factors that go into this equation that I think that it's really it's tough to evaluate a quarterback with this many different uh, regime changes and variables in play. And so sure. again, does that mean that Baker can keep you know playing fast and loose necessarily and, and having as many turnovers? No, of course we want to control the turnovers. We want to have. Uh, we want to dictate the pace of play. All of these things are fair. I'm, Baker deserves some degree of criticism, as does any NFL level 100%, quarterback. 100%. Without a doubt. 
But you have to give him a little bit of slack in that he's still learning a brand new system yeah. off of a very weird, very, very weird offseason. Yeah. And right. so, you know, uh, we didn't see a lot of play action today. We committed to the run early. It didn't really work out. We eventually figured it out. That looked great. Awesome. Yeah. Baker, again, kind of on the training wheels level offense. He executed. He did what he had to do to win the game. Could he yeah. have done better? Sure. Could he have done worse? Have we seen worse? Absolutely. Right. I will say this. On the flip side of this, the middle of the field on defense. Oh, it's bad. Oh, my God. It is bad. Oh, my God. If I if I was playing the Browns and I was an offensive coordinator, I don't know why 90% of my play calls wouldn't be uh, – Shallow crossing routes. I don't understand it. I agree. Every that's, time Washington we got, went to that today, they were That's successful. all you have to do against Every the Browns. TJ McLaurin didn't have a touchdown, which is beyond me, first of all, that he didn't. Right. But he he tore us apart. Those those short to intermediate passing plays that went from anywhere between like 6 and 12 yards, he went bananas. He caught everything. And guess what? It's like we've said every single week. Linebackers, not so strong. Safeties, not so strong. Now, I will say Carl Joseph had a great interception, and then he fumbled the ball, and thank God for Tavier Thomas for picking up that fumble because that would have yeah. been heartbreaking because that led to some points. Yeah, There's a quick sidebar. Points off of turnovers are a massive stat in football, and I don't think people pay enough attention to that. We had 21 Ta- today? It was at least 14. Do we have 21? I can't I remember. Think now. I, was, I, think we, 21? I think we scored touchdowns off of three turnovers. Yeah. Which is massive. We talked about yeah. pregame. We were talking about how – That's what we, we were need- doing last year. Correct. We were turning the ball over and teams were scoring on us. Going into the game, I said, if we're in the Renzo, we need touchdowns, not field goals. And that's like obvious yeah. football 101. Okay, yeah. of course. But points off of turnovers is like the next level of if you have the ability to if you have a strong defense that can force turnovers in some capacity, yep. you have to score points off of them. Yep. And the fact that we did is is huge. We don't win the game without those, without a shadow of a doubt. And so again, going back to like the Twitter world thinking, hey, where's the defensive line? And Miles Garrett needs to do more. Listen, Miles is getting double teamed on every single play. Yeah. And he still had two sacks, including or one sack. Two sacks. Two, two sacks. Two sacks. Yeah. And the one and, where and Dwayne Haskins didn't uh, tuck in his shirt. And so he, he straight take him down bullied down. Dwayne Haskins. He just yep. he said, that football is mine, and he took it away. Yes. That's yeah. what you want to see. Everyone, I, again, I get I get a little bit frustrated sometimes because the Twitter world goes bananas on if Miles doesn't have four sacks, he's somehow a failure. Larry Ogunjobi had a great game. Yep. He had a couple big plays. Yep. Sheldon Richardson has been playing his brains out. Oh, he's he's a Pro Bowler this year. So I mean, it's three games, but he's a Pro Bowler. Small so far. sample size, but I, if they voted today, you, sure. you can't not include him. He's sure. absolutely in, sure. involved. And um, Gustin, his uh, yeah, he's, he's not Played well. Last week was a better week for him than this week, but yeah. he did not have a bad week necessarily this week. Yeah, I mean, well. our defensive line is not they're not scrubs. No, I don't think they're Washington's D line. But they are not scrubs. Well, it'd be great if Olivier Vernon could ever get on the field. Well, we, t- we yeah, or we, stay on the we field. We talked, tweeted about Herman. Death earlier. taxes and Olivier Vernon getting hurt. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it still sucks, and I get it. At the end of the day, it became clear Jadavian Clowney was not going to sign in Cleveland. He no. turned down multiple offers from us. Yeah. But can you imagine Screw what Jadavian Clowney? I know, but can you imagine what this defensive line would look like if he was a part of it? Like yeah. That's, yeah, he's an ass, and he turned us down multiple times. Well, let's, let's let's not let's not act like he's JJ Watt. He had three sacks last year. 
I know, but he was awfully hurt, which J.J. Watt well. does a lot, too. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't help. If Jadevian Clowney's hurt, that means he's just like I Olivier yeah. Vernon. That's fair. That's fair. But, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't but matter. anyway. It doesn't matter what you do on paper. If, if you're always hurt, it doesn't matter. So the Browns win 34-20 over the football team. Big matchup next week. Uh, can you imagine if the Browns can go to 3-1 and one next week? But let's, real quick, before we go around the NFL, we got about 10 minutes left. Uh, real quick, let's give our predictions for next week. Uh, Browns, Browns at Cowboys. Uh, so far, there's been no deviation from the, the results from the beginning. I'm yep. going to stick with that theme. I'm going to say Browns 23-20 over Dallas. Did you pick the Browns to beat Dallas? I did. Oh. Okay. See, I'm going to deviate. Hmm. The Browns are going to beat the Cowboys. Hmm. The Browns are going to be three and one. Hmm. I'm going to hold firm. And I think up. the Cowboys' defense stinks, and I, I think the Browns—they don't have a defensive line like the Redskins do. And I think we're going to run all over the Cowboys. I'm going to hold with my pick, and I think we're going to lose. Yeah. And it, I know what you're saying. I I agree. If our run game shows up like it did against Cincinnati, yeah. If we if we run for two hundred plus, right. We're definitely going to be in the game. I still think that playing in Jerry World counts for something. Oh, yeah, we, we could very very easily give up 40 points. Actually. And Dak Prescott, it's so weird because Dak Prescott, one week they could look terrible, and the next week he could throw to CeeDee Lamb for two or three touchdowns, yep. and we could get blown. I, I guess what I'm saying is I still don't trust our defense enough. Oh, absolutely. I sure. think our defense is a bigger liability than our offense will force Dallas to alter their game plan, and I still, I, I still think we lose. Okay. So I have us getting a two fair. and two. I'm I'm the homer who's deviating. So I wish. Trust me. I I'll be. I will happily be wrong next week. If if I end oh, up having to change. If I have to admit that I was wrong last week, I'll be happy as a clam. Yeah. But okay. I don't think it'll happen. Uh, real quick. Like I said, we got about ten minutes left. Let's go around the league and uh, see what's happening uh, um, right now. All right. So we'll start with the one o'clock games today. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Pittsburgh. They come from behind. They defeat Houston 28-21. <laughs> I don't care yeah, that you won. Fortunately, means that the Steelers are three and zero. That's that's a downer that we're still looking up at them at two and one, but that is what it is. Uh, 49ers went to New York. Well, actually, they stayed in New York. They played in New York last week and do again this week, and they trucked the Giants thirty-six to nine. This is yeah, I got that one wrong without a bunch of their key players. Yeah, one, I, of, uh, one of the few I got right this week. Yeah, it's, well, so I so I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay. Like, even though I know the Giants are bad, I'm like, they have to win a game eventually. And I was looking at this, and I'm like, Garoppolo's out, Kittle's out, Mostert's out, Nick Bosa's out. So I was thinking, okay, maybe this is the game where they get them. Nope. Oh, that was a long nope. (laughs) Just for effect. Ah. Uh, Anyway, Patriots, they looked pretty good today. They defeated the 2-0 Raiders uh, 36-20. I think the, we all got that one right. The Raiders um, going east again. They actually uh, pulled off a win in Carolina in week one, did not have any similar success today. Patriots moved to 2-1. and one. Uh, one of the best games of the day, the Tennessee Titans with a late field goal. They leave Minneapolis with a 31-30 to win over the Vikings, who are now 0-3 No, actually, season. Ryan, you lost that game. You had Vegas. Did I really? You had Vegas plus 6.5. Damn. And they mm. lost by 16. I had a bad week. <laughs> I would like to point out that even though the Titans won, he also did not cover that one. <laughs> Damn it. So, yep. Uh, but the Vikings 0-3, that is a big shock, actually, yep. when you think about it. Hey, I-, I said this during the game. I'm like, nothing validates 
nothing validates us taking Kevin Stefanski away from the Vikings. Is look at what's happened to them ever since he's left. Offensively, they, they haven't stink. looked bad, but boy, their defense has been horrible so yeah. far. Man, um, in the theme of Ryan not covering games on his picks, damn it. Um, <laughs> this one was questionable though. Um, a really questionable fourth down pass interference late on the oh, Rams. Oh, this was terrible. Which gave oh, Buffalo a first horrible. down, which then led to a touchdown pass by Josh Allen. Uh, Buffalo wins 35-32. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, Sean McVay and some of the folks on the Rams are going to have some pointed comments. Yeah, I don't care what uh, you guys say. One. I'm calling this one a win for me this week. You guys <laughs> you guys got the loss. I'm taking the win. No, I, 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 don't, I, I don't care no, what you I had, say. I had the Rams too. <laughs> Did you? Okay. Yeah. Well, then we got the win on this yeah, week. That's I, nonsense. I, I'm that game is under protest. I'm protesting. That's, that's horrible. <laughs> That was a terrible call. That's worse than the call that the Cowboys lost on in week one. Yes. It was very bad. I'm, I'm not going to deny that. Uh, now, how about this? The Bears mm. came back from a big deficit Wait, did they in win? week one against the Lions, if you remember. The Falcons gave away a huge game uh, league in week two last week against Dallas. Falcons were up 26-10 to 10 with seven minutes left. Guess what happened? Did they really lose? Bears 30, Falcons 26. Oh, Three touchdown God. throws by Nick Foles in the last is seven Dan, minutes. Has, has anybody checked? Has Dan Quinn been fired yet? I haven't seen it yet, but I bet you it's You coming. can't possibly lose those two games back-to-back in those fashions like they have the last two weeks and still keep your job. There's no I, way. I mean, I mean, that is incredible. And, and by the way, and screw the Falcons for sitting Julio Jones right before kickoff today, basically screwing me in fantasy football. Uh, uh, you know what? Just all bad for the Falcons. I mean, I can't even imagine being a fan of theirs right now. They are cool. 0-3, and, and they just, wow. Uh, Bears are 3-0, by the way. I know, and they benched Mitch Trubisky today, and they're 3-0. I mean, I looked at his line. He was 13-21. He had a touchdown. Like, he wasn't even playing that bad. Right. And yet, you know, they made the move. And what boy, I don't... It, it ended up being a great move because yeah. they full three touchdowns. Credit to like, Matt Nagy. Hey, I mean, it got his team a win, fired him up. Amazing. Um, and then in the last of the 1 o'clock games – the Bengals and the Eagles tied 23-23. Both teams are 0-2-1. That game ended in a – oh, speaking of which, when you uh, – our buddy Matt Steigerwald texted us and said the Eagles punted with 13 seconds left. I was actually following it just now. They, they had a fourth and seven. Did and you hear about, this? They were lining no. up for a game-winning field goal from 56 yards. They false started. <laughs> <laughs> you know – you know, some of this stuff that's going on in the NFL right now is stuff that you usually see with the Browns, and they're not doing it. But you see, like, like teams blowing giant leads, false starting when you're lining up for a game-winning field goal, like uh, getting 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 a BS defensive PI called against you with the game on the line. That's stuff that happens to the Browns. One of my personal favorite, jumping off sides on fourth and two <laughs> when the other team's trying to run out the clock. Oh, we've done that a time or two. I remember us doing that in uh, San Diego a couple years ago. And, yes, it was when they were San Diego Chargers. So maybe not quite as bad in Philadelphia as Atlanta, but it's pretty bad. 0-2-1 oh. right now. Same thing for Cincinnati. So Cincinnati is 0-2-1. And, uh, and you know what? If you're a Cincinnati fan, you'll probably say to yourself, well, first of all, what are you doing listening to this podcast? But secondly, <laughs> um, you know, you're saying to yourself, "Hey, we could have won all three of these games we've had so far." Yep. But they didn't. You know, yep. they, you know, young team. They're just not making plays at the end of the games. So, um, going into the four o'clock window right now, real quick, these games are all in the first quarter. Lions up three nothing early on the Cardinals. Uh, Buccaneers with an early seven nothing lead on the Broncos. Tampa. The Chargers lead the Panthers seven six. 
And Indianapolis, who, you know, we were talking about them earlier because they looked horrendous in week one against Jacksonville, then came out and looked like world beaters in week two, which is basically what they do. Uh, they are up 17-7 to on the Jets as of right now. Um, looking at these games, you'd figure, okay, probably Indianapolis is probably going to win that game. Cardinals, you would expect, would beat Detroit. It's still very early in that one. The other two are a little bit more mixed, I guess, in the way you prognosticate these. I mean, maybe slight edge for Tampa, playing, but you know, playing at Denver is never really a given. Uh, later tonight, we've got a really good Sunday night game. We've got the Packers playing at the Saints. What a quarterback matchup that is. Aaron Rodgers yeah. going against Drew Brees. And then the Monday Drew night Brees are, on his last legs, though, man. He just he he looked, doesn't look good anymore. He looked bad last week. Yeah. And this is his self-proclaimed last year. So, the amazing, and then the amazing thing is the Monday Nighter might be even better than that. Yes, you got the Kansas City Chiefs two and zero playing at the Baltimore Ravens two and zero. There's no maybe. Yeah, that is better. <laughs> that I is, mean, that's like the two best teams in the league, basically. That's yeah. going to be such a good game. I when when we were going to pick that game, I wa- I was I was like, man. Well, first of all, I, I have the pact with myself that I, I'm never going to pick the Steelers and the Ravens against the spread. I don't care if it kills me in our records for picks, but I, I know. I know you picked Baltimore. I did. I I until until I they my lesson last week. Uh, yeah, well, they're playing Kansas City. Until Kansas City, let me let me let me just say this. I'm not going to pick I know it's Baltimore and I know they've won like 15 straight regular season games, but I'm not going to pick against Patrick Mahomes unless he proves to me that I should pick against him. I took the Chiefs this week too. I I mean if if if, if I don't care who it's against, if I'm going to get points to pick Kansas City, I'm doing it. Yeah. That's fair. Would be really nice if the Chiefs could do this. Um, that would get the Browns back on level terms with the Ravens after getting dropped by them in Week One. Think about how crazy that would be, by the way. Yeah, tied with the Ravens for two and uh, two and one. Yeah, still a game behind Pittsburgh. Those bastards. Still looking up at Pittsburgh. Ugh. When do we right. get our first shot at Pittsburgh, by the way? Uh, week six, I think. I think you're right. I don't know why my voice went up that <laughs> high, but something like that. Well, it won't All be right. too long before we get well, a shot. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for the Around the League segment. I love that segment every week. It's fun. Um, okay, well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Jimmy's got to get to a soccer game, so <laughs> we got to get the hell out of here. But Brown's big win. Uh, two and one on the season. <clears throat> I mean, how many how many times do we start a Brown season and we're just fighting an uphill battle? All the time. Always. It's every year. And we thought we were going to do it this year, too, after we got absolutely, as somebody said on Twitter, skull effed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, Browns are 2-1, heading into a huge game at Jerry World in Dallas. And uh, we will be here for you after that game, win, lose, or draw. So for Steve, Ryan, and Jimmy, this is Dan. You've been listening to the Deerfield Gridiron Browns postgame show. 34-20 victory over the football team. Let's go.